Welcome to TT from the D Wind Down Wednesday. I want to thank you firstly for stopping by. I'm aware that there are several other platforms you could have logged on to this evening, but you chose to log on to our site, and we are super excited about all of our listeners, no matter what platform you're joining us on, and all of the people who support us, who have been supporting us since the very beginning. Tonight's hot topic is one that I believe we all can understand, we can all relate to, we've all encountered, we've all had to visit at one time or another in our lives, and we could actually be sitting in a seat of mourning or grieving right now. We're living in such a time that it seems like death surrounds us. And it's taking me back to my younger days, my teenage, early adult days, where I just came into understanding that life is a part of death as much as death is a part of life. You couldn't have told me before I had understanding that that made sense. You couldn't have told me that. I would have probably argued you down like, that's impossible. How is that possible? But it is. You hear people saying different things, sharing their stories, their experiences, while it's very, very critical that we are mindful that, yes, we could similar, we should have, I should say, we have similar experiences, but everybody's experience is definitely different. The way I process grief and mourning may not be the same way you process grief and mourning, nor is it the same way that your family members or your friends or your frenemies or your co-workers or your classmates or your neighbor processes mourning or grieving. And so tonight I want to share a couple things with you. First of all, I want to tap into grieving versus mourning. What's the difference? And before, as I said, before I had an understanding, I thought they were one and the same. But I've come to understand through this life journey that they are similar, but they are not the same. Grief and mourning are definitely a part of the process of healing. After we lose someone we love, someone we adore, someone we respect, whether that's a family member or a friend or a church member or a classmate or a co-worker or a neighbor. And in some cases, if you're someone that kind of relates to how I am, I'm considered an empath, we grieve for people in the world and we don't have to know them. We sense what's going on by being in their presence and sometimes not even in the physical presence, but just allowing ourselves to be moved with the situation and circumstances. Just the other day, I was going through social media and just post after post, people are are grieving and mourning over loved ones, whether it's the elderly or whether it's a baby. Not so much saying a baby as in a baby that wears diapers, but a baby. 21 and younger are babies. Just a baby. No matter if it was an illness or if it was unexpected or if it was tragic, it's always difficult 
to lose a loved one. And while grieving and mourning relate to one another, they're like cousins to death and sleep. People say sleep is this, the cousin to death. And, you know, I never really got that, but I understood the cliche meaning behind that, the more the metaphoric moment attached to that when you hear it come out of someone's mouth. But lust is a difficult and a very painful reality that we have to deal with. It is not something that you're going to be able to avoid in this thing called life. I'm, I'm so sorry to break the bad news to those that really have not had to deal with death, losing someone that they're close to. And I remember seeing a young man post on social media a couple of years ago. He said, I don't know what that's like. I've never lost anyone close to me. Now, I didn't know how to really process that. I didn't know if that means that he just has a heart that's hard and he's not allowing people to uh, penetrate his heart or if he just hasn't had anyone that he felt a bond and a connection with. But I was happy and sad for him at the same time because as an adult, he clearly was in his 30s, if not older, to never have experienced grief from losing a loved one or someone close is going to be a shell shock to him. See, I believe it's my personal belief. I don't have any data to support this. So this is a little bit of TTism. I believe that it's healthy for young people to experience losing a grandparent or a relative or friend. It's a part of life. It teaches us at an early age how to deal with the emotions while many go through life we hide from our emotions but grieving is not one we can hide from but we do seem I guess we tend to shut down isolate ourselves because as I said earlier it's a difficult process and unfortunately most people experience that loss at some pivotal times in their time in their lives and you know sometimes people you'll hear the older people say they come in threes and you start to get nervous because you're like okay that was one right and you start looking around and you look like who's sickly but it's not always gonna come like that death doesn't come to make us happy but it's a part of life and we all react differently and we all grieve differently it's a process but it's handled differently. You could say grief represents the thought and feelings experienced that we go through after we lose someone. And I could say, yeah. It's an eternal emotion. Grief is a common, eternal, internal emotion. Psychologically speaking, it's a normal part of life. How we choose to deal with death is to each its own. Now, you might not know this, but they say the definition or meaning of grief includes psychological and physiological symptoms in response to bereavement that can change over time. Grief can include an acute phase, which happens shortly after a loss experience and as as I said earlier it doesn't matter if it was a terminal illness or an unsudden illness or a, you know like we have a lot of folks who've lost loved ones due to cancer and different illnesses that were terminal 
the one that took us by surprise in the last couple of years has been COVID-19. And it's still taking people out. You still have people that are not only passing away from contracting COVID-19, but people that have been fully vaccinated that still contract COVID-19, unfortunately, are still passing away. And in light of what some people say, it's not always because they had an underlying health issue. So it leaves us to ponder and to wonder. And no one really has the answer. But I know when we go through these acute grief episodes and these symptoms, it brings forward sadness. A longing to be with the person who we lost, wanting them to be here for just a little while longer. As I'm doing this podcast, I'm thinking of all the people I've lost along this journey. I'm 46, going on 47, if it be the Lord's will. And do I wish I could have another moment with them, another day, another year? Absolutely. Are there things that I wish I said? Absolutely. Are there things that I wish I'd never said? Absolutely. I think we all have been there. I think that's why some of the most wisest advice I heard the older people say is never go to bed angry. Never part ways with someone with leaving ill thoughts ill feelings a feeling of hatred or a feeling of unloving thoughts towards somebody because you never know when someone is going to not return in your presence heck you never know if you're not going to return in someone's presence and with that being said it's always better To follow that old school advice. If you don't have anything nice to say. Then don't say nothing at all. I think that helps us keep the bases covered. So we don't have to worry that. If we leave this life. We had words unspoken. Or words spoken that we can't. Retrieve and retract. And vice versa. We also. As we go through those symptoms of acute grief. We have the thoughts and memories of the person. And those are healthy. To have. I've met people who tend to not want to talk about someone they've lost. And that's not healthy because they did exist in the physical form. So you should always remember them. You should always share memories and thoughts. It's healthy. See, I believe, and again, this is not data supported, but this is TTism. I believe that the memories we create with people on whatever caliber and level When we are left behind and they are gone on to that next realm of living. In whatever way you see and believe. I'm not here to tell you about your walk or your belief. But I firmly believe the memories and the moments we've captured. Are for us to hold on to to help us get through. The rest of the days of our lives. Attached to our purpose attached to our lives. And when we go through the grieving and the mourning process, we can sit back and laugh and cry. 
And what I found in my tender age of 46 is that I can think of something that will make me sad and then I can end up crying, but think of something that would tickle my heart that will make me laugh while I'm crying. And when I'm done reminiscing about that loved one or that friend or that family member, I could sit back and say, wow, I miss them. But I thank God for the memories. And I don't know why we're designed as human beings to have the memory bank in which we have the way we have it. But I'm so thankful. That's why I thank God every morning for waking up in my right mind with functioning organs and active limbs. And on those days, that's a struggle where my limbs act like they don't want to act right. (laughs) Right. Or my organs are feeling a certain kind of way while I know something is wrong. The first thing I do is ask God to straighten it out, to help me, to help me feel better. And he comes through all the time. And you know, those two A words, right? We go through emotional roller coaster rides with the feelings of grieving and mourning, anger and anxiety. But these feelings and thoughts are normal. So don't think that you're not normal. They are. They're very normal. And although we're similar, no one grieves the same as I said earlier. We all handle things differently. And then we have to tackle that D word that I hate. And I know we shouldn't say that we hate things, but oh, I hate the D word called depression. Because that will sneak that will sneak into your life and it'll help you take yourself up out of here. Not so much by an act of suicide, but an act of sickness. Because you are aware that when you are so depressed and so sad, you can make yourself sick. And then illnesses start to encamp. And then all the other things that's attached with that D word start to manifest. And then you end up getting a clinical diagnosis. And then comes the medications that's assigned to us. Because, you know, they want to assign a drug for everything we deal with except how to just cope with things we have to deal with. We have to deal with life. It's a gift. It's a gift that you're going to unwrap every day. Every day is a gift to unwrap. And you need to be excited like a child on Christmas Day for those that celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever that looks like, your birthday or whatever that looks like. Anytime you unwrap a gift, aren't you excited? So every morning when you rise, I hope that you find yourself excited to say, hey, I got another day to get it right. Because we don't do everything right every single day. We don't. And sometimes because we don't do things right, the attack of dealing with mourning and grieving and all the anxiety and anger, we start to build mountains. So. That D word that I don't appreciate, it's a part of life. But as some would say, let's 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 acknowledge that we're feeling depressed and sad, but we're not going into that sunken place. Now, let's acknowledge how we're feeling. I'm not telling you to pretend you don't feel grief. I'm not telling you to ignore that you're mourning because we all have to go through that process, but we all will handle it differently. But what I am going to tell you is that you can't stay there. Life is for the living. Death is for the dying. When we are absent for the body, that means we're no longer alive in the flesh. That's when you start mourning when you're left behind. You're mourning that you're still here and you can't be with that person that's no longer in the physical form. 
But just think about it for a moment. Pause on it and think about it. If you lost a loved one that was sick, ill, you didn't want to see them suffering. If you had a loved one that was on a respirator and they were only living because of a machine, then you know they weren't really living. They weren't the same man, woman, boy, or girl that was walking around laughing or crying or raising hell. They're laying there still, quiet, like the night air. And that means they're not living. They're being kept here. Not because their body said, stay a little while longer, because a lot of us make the choices for them to allow a machine to keep them here a little while longer. And I think that's the selfish part of us because we don't want to let go. And that's a human part of us. I'm not telling you that's not how we're supposed to feel. We are human beings. We are simply spirits having a human experience. So, of course, we want our loved ones to stay. But we all must go just like a child growing up at some point. Now, see, some of us parents like, whoo, child, I can't wait till they get grown so they can get about this house. Move on to go to college or, you know, go into the military or do something. Get a job and get your own place. Right. Because at some point they need to leave the nest. That don't mean we don't want to see them, but we mean that means we want you to live life just like we had to live life. When we leave this body, we're going on to the next realm. None of us can really say what that's like. We can only speculate from what's been said and people who've had near death experiences and things of that nature. No one can really tell us. Not a hundred percent. And it is complicated. It does. It gets complicated because grief and mourning will disrupt your life. But you got to go through the healing process. Now let's talk about mourning. It's an external expression of loss. What do you mean, TT? While grief refers to the internal because that's how we're feeling inside. It's what we're feeling in inwardly. What about outwardly? Right? Some common examples of mourning can include preparation or preparing for a funeral wearing black or whatever your favorite color was for your family member and sharing memories and doing collages and the repast and planning things like that. It's it's basically culture by culture practices that we adopt and we adopt. Some might say it's a ritual. You go have a funeral, everybody dressed in black. Now that was tradition. I think that was tradition. I ain't going to say that was a ritual, but I would say that was traditional. You saw everyone wearing black at a church. Oh, somebody must have died. Now, when you see a bunch of people at a church, it could be a funeral, but you might see people wearing the same color. Oh, someone must have passed on. Yeah, okay. So we have different ways we deal with situations and circumstances, but mourning is quite different. And it varies, as I said, from person to person. We have to learn to allow people to deal with losing a loved one, someone they respect and love. And we have to be mindful that sometimes people risk harming their own selves by not processing mourning. And it can harm your brain. See, the process of mourning allows people to form long-term memories of a loved one and include adapting to learning how to live on without them. And without you actually mourning, you are in denial. Oh, they'll be back. Like, no, they're not. Not in the physical, they're not. But some people, I remember growing up and, and you would hear that. You would think like, I thought so-and-so passed away. 
Well, they ain't not able to let them go. Well, you got to let them go because they're already gone. It's a process. It's painful either way. But it's a process. We all have to go down this road. I've spoken at many funerals. And one thing I'll say to people is that no matter where you sit in the church or a hall or wherever it is you sit when you are uh, paying your respect, your final respects to someone you know and love. You're going to move closer and closer to that front. Eventually, if you live long enough, you'll sit on that front row. Whether you are the spouse to a loved one, the parent to a loved one, the grandchild to a loved one, the niece or nephew, uncle or aunt, cousin, best friend to a loved one. You'll eventually get to that front row. No one wants to really sit at the front row, though. And the front front row, that means that you are in that casket. Which we all are going to go one way or another, casket or cremation. Right? It's inevitable. It is inevitable. And I know some people don't like to talk about death. But like I said earlier, death is a part of life as much as life is a part of death. You cannot have one without the other. If you've lived, you must die. If you died, then hopefully you lived. Now, I'm very aware that there's people that walk around this earth and it's like they're dead. It's like they're not living. They're not existing. They're coexisting. But your gift of life is your gift alone. Even if you have a twin, an identical twin, you two are not the exact same. You feel differently. You could be similar. You got likes and desires and wants and needs that your twin, your identical twin does not. And that's okay. You might have shared the same cocoon, which is an egg, right? The, the sack, right? You stayed inside while you were baking in your mommy's belly. But when you came out into this world, you were meant to be different. And some of us still walk around dead. It's like dead man walking, dead woman walking, yet they got a beating heart. And they're not using it in its fullness. While people are on transplant, transplant waiting list for hearts to love, to feel. You got people that's cold hearted. That's not even using that heart, which is a beautiful instrument that sits safely between your chest cavity. Whew. Grief and mourning represents differently. It's represented differently by your relationship with people. And how we tend to move on is how we tend to move on. I don't believe anybody has the right to tell you how to move on with your life, how to get through your life. But we can advise. For instance, a lot of times when spouses lose their significant other, they don't want to live or I'm not going to say they want to die, but they just can't. They want to sit around and mope and cry and be depressed and just like they're dead. And I'm pretty sure Nobody's spouse wants that for their spouse left behind. Because if you're living with your significant other, your husband, your wife, and you're enjoying life and you know that's what y'all did. And you know this is what she liked and this is what he liked. And y'all enjoyed this. And why are you not doing that when they're no longer here? Because you know how much they wanted you to live. You know how much they encouraged you to live every day. And yes, they enjoyed living with you. And you enjoyed living with them. But because they went on before you, 
doesn't mean that you stop living. Now, some people might say, oh, you out cold, TC. No, I'm not saying it like that. What I'm saying is you're going to love your spouse, your husband, your wife until you're no longer here. We don't know what that looks like. If you're still lucky enough to be alive and your loved one, your significant other has went on to be with God, you're going to miss them. You should. Some people get married and some people get mad that, oh, I can't believe they got married again. How disrespectful. Really? Because I've heard several people say, hey, if I pass away, I don't want you to be lonely on this earth. If you happen to meet someone else and they bring you joy and peace and happiness, go on and do that. That's the bigger person. Because if you belong, to, if you believe that later in life you'll be reconnected, then you'll be reconnected. Whatever it is and whatever it looks like for you. But what I am not going to agree and say, well, I can understand it is for you to sit down and die. I don't think nobody want their significant other to do that. As a matter of fact, why don't you ask your husband or ask your wife, how would you want me to move on and go on with life if you happen to leave here before me? I don't think nobody going to say, well, I don't want you to be happy. I don't want you to live without me. I don't want you to keep on living a happy life. I want you to be depressed and I want you to be sad. And I want you to grieve until you grieve yourself into the grave and then you could be with me. Well, I don't think that you would look at your significant other too, too fondly. Like what? Like, do you want me to be sad and grieving and, and depressed right now? No, no, no. Why? Because you're here. Then you're being selfless. You're being selfish. You're being selfish. Now, I understand that we have to learn to cope with loss. And it's important to balance out your emotional, mental health. Right? Healthy coping includes sharing memories with loved ones. Having those moments of reflection. Talking with your companion sometimes, even for those that still have their parents and you lost a parent, being able to talk to your parent that's still here about that parent that's no longer here is therapeutic, not only for you, the child that's left behind, but that spouse, that parent, that's your parent that's left without, without their significant other. See, they're going to grieve differently. They was, that was their wife or that was their husband before that was your mother or your father. So they're going to miss them differently. They're going to grieve them differently. Rightfully so. And then when you're no longer with a parent on this earth or no longer with a significant other or unfortunately no longer with a child, it's kind of like, my Lord, why am I still here? I think there's a movie that many of you may have seen. I could be dating myself because I love movies, but I think it was The Green Mile. And in that movie... um, Oh God. Uh he oh God. What's his name? Oh oh God. It's not Tom Cruise. Oh God. What's his name? Ay yeah 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 yeah. He played in the Green Mile. He played in Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks. There we go. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was left behind. His wife he outlived his friends, his wife, and he's thinking like, Why am I still here? I've watched everybody I know and love live and die and I'm still here. Because you still have purpose attached to you. Some people may have asked that question. Oh Lord why am I still here? My wife is gone. My husband is gone. My mother is gone. My father is gone. My children is gone. My child is gone. My grandkids are gone. My niece, my nephew, my great grandparents. Big mama, you know, papa, whatever. Because you still got purpose. 
And if God ain't ready for you, he's not ready for you. Let me be clear about that. Nah, don't go rushing it. When it's your time, it's going to be your time. Let me share what they say, what God says in the word about mourning. And you don't believe me, you can find this in the book, the biblical scriptures that I'm going to share. You can find that in the basic instruction before leaving earth manual, which we know as the Bible, right? So in Psalm 34 and 18, it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You could also move on over to Psalm 73 and 26. And he says, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Then you can move on over to Matthew 5 and 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. One thing I ask God to do for people when they lose a loved one or they're watching a loved one de decline with their health or whatever that looks like is to give them strength. To encourage their heart. To give them a level of peace that man cannot. Because we can say all the things that sound right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We can hug on them. We can love on them. But there is a comforting that man cannot give to man. That only comes from the Father. Now. What does the Bible say for a time to mourn? All right. One of my favorite scriptures is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 9. I'll, I'll share that with you guys. But there are 20 different Bible verses about grief to help you cope with loss. 20. I'm sure there's more, but there are 20. I'm not going to share them all. Right. I just shared two that will help you. Right. There's one in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Pretty much sums up what I just said. There's a level of comfort and peace that goes beyond our understanding that we cannot give to one another, no matter how hard we try. That's why I go to our father and I ask him to strengthen people when they're going through a process. I can similarly relate, but I don't know that walk because as I said earlier, we grieve differently. We mourn differently, rightfully so, because we are differently made uniquely designed. And in the last book of the Bible, it says in Revelations 21 and 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. At the end of this life journey, we won't cry anymore. We won't suffer anymore. We won't feel any pain anymore. And the things that we knew before that brought us grief and sadness and sickness, we won't remember. It will be gone. It'll be gone. 
I could also share John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. That goes back what I said. That's a love and a level of comfort and peace that we cannot give one another. But we can get it from the one who strengthens us. The one who blows the breath of life into our nostrils every single day. I know you think it's you waking up because that alarm clock went out. I know it's you. I know you think because you woke up to go to the bathroom and you saw that the sun was coming out like I might as well rise on up. Let me get on up and get my day started. But don't you know it's a higher power that allows you to do that every single day? He chooses to let you do that. For whatever reasons. I don't know why. All I can sum it up and say is because we got purpose. We got business to handle. Be about our father's business. And it's just like any other thing. You handle your business and you show that you can handle your business. You'll get more business. Now, I'm not saying that's the way life is for us, according to God's word, but that's the way the world seems to function and move. In Joshua 1 and 9, it says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Watch, walk around, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, with a hedge of protection in your heart, understanding that he is with you all the time, no matter where you are, where you go, who you with. There's a covering that we need to pray for, not only our loved ones, our significant others, but everybody. That when you walk out your door, that you return the same way you walked out. We are quite aware that there are men, women, boys and girls Leave their home and they don't return. And that's tragedy. That's tragic. It's heartbreaking. And what's more heartbreaking and tragic is that when we don't know where they are. Like they got lost and they didn't know their way home, but yet we know they do. And what's so crazy is when another human being decides to make that choice for another human being. You don't have the right to stop someone from going home. But some of you make that choice for people and it's not right. You wouldn't want that choice made for you. And you wouldn't want that choice made for a loved one that's related or friend. So why do some of you decide to make that choice for others? Now that's rhetorical. I don't want to know your answer to that. I don't care to know your answer to that. That's something that some of you who actually know that you're guilty of doing that should wonder and ponder on. We shouldn't do things to people that we don't want done to us. If it's the Lord's will to take us away from here, let that be so. But it is not your job and it should not be your choice to take people away from their loved ones. Because you don't know how to deal with your anger or your frustration or your jealous or your jaded eyes. Man up and woman up and be who you were meant to be. Don't worry about what that man and woman got, that boy or girl got or have or getting. Worry about what you want and how you can get it the right way. 
Make wise decisions and choices so that you can have long days on this earth so that you don't have to worry about someone you know and love listening to this type of podcast, wondering how to deal with the mourning process or the grieving process of losing you. This is the last one. And then I'm going to share the Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 9. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Hmm. Now, do what you want with that. All the scriptures I laid out there for you, do what you want with them. I can't tell you how to process things. All I could do is share the fruit, right? That's all I can do. You decide if you want to partake and eat from it. I, I can't tell you what to do with that. I can only give it to you. You want to eat from it? Great. You don't? Okay. I, I, I can't go either way, but all I can do is say, hey, I gave it to you. Now, in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 9, this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I think it's one of my favorite books in the Bible because I believe now, again, this ain't fact according to data. Okay. This is not a hypothesis, which means a educated guess. This is some TTism. This is what I have learned to come to an understanding that I truly adore. It says in three, one through nine for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, you can go on and on and cross-reference those, but I'm not going to do that. Maybe that'll be a whole podcast at another time. But I just wanted to stop by on on this Wind Down Wednesday to remind us, because there's so much grief going on in the world. There's so much, there's so many people mourning. And because I'm an empath, I just thought to myself, you know what, Lord, I talk about a whole lot of different things. But let me talk to my sisters and my brothers in Christ, because you are my sister and brother in Christ, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what language you speak, no matter what skin tone is outside of the skin that's covering your bones. You are my sister and brother in Christ, whether you like it or not. You could very well hate me because I'm a woman. You could very well hate me because I'm black. You could very well hate me because I'm educated. You could very well hate me because I'm short. You understand? You can hate me for whatever reason you like. But guess what? I have to love you because you're my sister and my brother. And I want to love you. I want us to learn how to love one another, how we can find peace 
in a world that's so fallen. I've been hearing we in our last days since I was a child, but it seems more evident than it did back then. I'm not sheltered from the world. And because of social media, we're able to see the things that we didn't see unless we saw it on Channel 2, 4, and 7 if you were from Detroit. Those were our local, our local news channels. But in the times in which we live, you can clearly scroll through social media and see things happening across the globe. And feel heartbroken. Every time I see a child or a loved one missing or murdered or left for dead or killed by a drunk driver or someone who was speeding and driving reckless or plane accident or natural causes. I'm sad because I know that there are friends and family that have to go through these two processes. I just talked about during this podcast, they're going to have to go through grieving and then they have to go through the mourning stages, which ultimately leads us to the healing process. I know you don't believe me. Some of you understand, but some of you are like bull. I call bull. Okay. Keep on living. I'm now a part of the older people. I'm going to tell you young people, keep living. You haven't experienced death and grieving and mourning. You keep on living. You will. Why will you? How do I know? I'm not prophesizing. I'm telling you what I know. It's fact. Now that my friend is facts. As long as you are alive and you live on this earth, you will encounter death. And when I say encounter death, not only for yourself, but your loved ones, your friend, your bestie, your road dog. They'll meet death at some place, at some time, in some form and in some fashion. Because it is a part of life. It's not something we should be sad about either. You might say, that don't make no sense, T.T., I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because we know that it has to happen. Like a woman who carries a baby. She knows she got to go on labor. Don't nobody want to go on labor. Them contractions ain't no joke. But we know it's got to happen. If that baby is inside your belly, that baby coming. Okay, I tell you, my, my youngest and my last son, Cody. Oh, I had it all planned. C-section scheduled. Due date, Okay. Hey, I'm going in on this day. I'm going to take my medication. I'm not going to feel no pain. That boy surprised me the day of his baby shower that night. He said, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> I was like, wait a, wait a minute. I was mad. You told me somebody was pissed off. I was mad. It's all get out. I said, uh-uh. I'm not supposed to be having contractions. Wait a minute. <laughs> right? Because I had to deal with it. It's a part of the process of birthing a child. And I dealt with it. And 12 years later, that young man is in this world. I say all that to say, we got to meet the unexpected. And we expect the unexpected to happen because a lot of the unexpected is what we expect. You might say, TT, that was a tongue twister. I know. <laughs> I know. But it's true. We're going to deal with some things in life we don't want to. A whole lot of things we don't want to deal with. Guess what? You can't run from life. Because guess what? It's going to sit on your porch. It's going to sit in the seat of the car unoccupied by a human being and say, oh, <laughs> you thought you was getting away? No. So instead of running from your truth and running from your life, running from grief and running from mourning, meet it head on. Understanding that you got to deal with it and learn how to deal with it. That's going to look different for you and me. 
the man, woman, boy, or girl who's listening. We all have to find our own way to deal with whatever it is we got to deal with in life. But I promise you, I promise you, if you ask God to help you, he will make a way. Well, that's all I have for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls on tonight. I want you to enjoy the rest of your wind down Wednesday. Remember, you can join me every Wednesday at 8 p.m. by going to Spotify and looking for TT from the D or logging on to www.anchor.fm forward slash TT from the D. You could also check me out on my YouTube page because I upload through Headliner and several other platforms. We'll be getting ready to shut down season two and prepare for season three. Be on the lookout for that. We got some new things coming up. But in the meantime, stay safe. Love on yourself and love on others. I'll see you soon.